Well, good morning, and I'm glad that you've decided to join us again today in what will hopefully and presumably be our last Sunday uh, online doing this. Um, and just a reminder to those of you um, who've been following with us on Facebook Live, we're going to continue to have all of our services on Facebook Live going forward. So for those of you um, who can't make it uh, with us and gather with us next Sunday on the 31st, um, just know that this will be live and in color for you next Sunday the 31st. And so we hope that you'll continue to tune in and join with us. Um, but I'm really excited to, to be coming to you this morning for uh, one uh, final time before we all get to gather again. And uh, if you watched last week, you'll notice that we finished our series going through our hope beyond God. And we finished First Peter and we spent the last roughly two and a half, three months going through that where um, we had just started through the pandemic and um, we borrowed that from the folks there at Cane Bay. And so we're left with this one week. Um, where we've wrapped up First Peter and we're getting ready to regather, we're, we're left this one week to try and figure out exactly what needs to be said, exactly what needs to be talked about. And as I've thought about it this week and as I've thought about just where we are as a church, I've thought about the, the most, um, what is most important for us now? What's the most important thing for us as a church to, to be discussing, for us to be thinking through what is important now? And I've been wrestling with that this week. And I wanted to kind of come to you to, to this morning in talking about what is most important now. And as I thought about that, I believe that one of the most important things for us now as a church is unity. is to be unified. To be one. Or to be something that we referred to earlier in the year, to be family. If you remember, several months ago, we, we came together as uh, we started the brand new year in January. We came together with this brand new series, We Are a Family. I hope that you remember that. I hope that you remember that series or as we walk through Romans chapter 12 where we discussed and we talked about the fact that we are a family. It's not like we are a family. It's not as if we are a family, but God says that we are a family. And there is great unity in this. You see, whenever Jesus showed up on the scene in the Gospels, he started doing something that no one had ever done before in referring to God as Father. And he would even say things about God like he, he would call him Abba, Father, which means Daddy. And Jesus would, would do that, referring to him as, as, as God, as Father. And then we see later on in Romans chapter 8, whenever Paul is talking about the church and its relationship to God, he says that the Spirit who lives within us, he calls out to God by saying, Abba, Father. So not just did Jesus refer to God as Father, but he says that we now get to refer to God as Father and as Daddy. And so if God is our daddy, then that makes us all brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we're a family. We've been adopted into this family. We weren't originally a part of the family of God. But now because of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we've been adopted as children into one big family. We've been adopted into the family of God. I love this picture in Romans chapter 8. And so here's the question. Here's the question that I think all of us have to wrestle with and all of us have to deal with on some level. 
What does it look like to be the family of God through the pandemic? What does it look like to be the family of God as we regather next week here at Midway Baptist Church? What does it look like to gather as the body of Christ while we're not fully going to be together where there are some who will be unable to come and gather with us? What does it look like for some of us to be gathered while some of us are not able to gather just yet? What does it look like to gather together as the church and when we walk in we have gobs of hand sanitizer on our hands? What does it look like to to be the church when we can't hug and when we can't shake hands? Whenever we can't greet one another? What does it look like to to be the church whenever we're, we're walking in and we can't linger in the areas where we like to linger and have coffee and discuss life with each other? What does it look like to be the church? Can we still function without those things? I believe we can. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is spend our time talking about what it looks like specifically to be the church. Whether you go to Creekside or whether you go to other churches, whether you don't go to any church at all, what does it look like to be the church through a pandemic? Because it's not over yet. Look with me in Romans chapter 12. Again, we're just rehashing this. We've already had a series. If you haven't listened to those sermons, you can go and find it on the sermon archives there on our website. This is what Paul says to the church. He says, let your love be genuine. Abhor what is evil or hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with a brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. He says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show honor. Now I'm just going to walk through a few of these things that we see here in Romans 12. Starting with verse 9. He says, Let your love be genuine, or to let your love be real. I don't know about you, but I've heard folks refer to their church before, and maybe you've seen shirts around town um, where somebody might say, I love my church, or they're referring to their church, and they'll say, I love my church. Generally, what somebody means whenever they say, I love my church, is they mean that the worship is good, the speaker's good, the coffee's good, they might have an excellent program, there's energy and there's excitement in the room. But I think whenever Paul is talking about letting our love be genuine towards our family of God, towards the church, I think he means something much deeper than just having this affection for a speaker, or having this affection for energy, having this affection for an awesome kids program. Whenever Paul talks about loving one another and letting our love be genuine, I think Paul is speaking in terms of action. That genuine love is not just this this infatuation, it's not just this, I I like them or anything like that, but it is genuine, it's real, it's tested, it's proven. That's what Paul says about the love that we should have for each other as the church. This is a love, a highest of loves, that stirs us not just to speak with words, but to love with actions. 
to let our love for each other as the church, for our brothers and sisters to be on display. That's the way that we're supposed to love one another as the church. Several years ago, um, as my wife and I, we had just uh, gotten married in 2012, and as the year rolled around, it was our very first Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day just happens to be one of my wife's favorite holidays. And I remember that we were planning this big event. It was going to be this nice time at a nice restaurant. And I was going to do my best as a new husband, just six months married, to, to show my Valentine that I loved her and to do the very best that I can. Well, the year was 2013. I don't know if you remember, but we got one of those South Carolina ice storms. And I remember that that ice storm came just a, a few days before Valentine's Day. And we spent that entire week without power. We went about five or six days without power, and that was a great time. Uh, we get to experience days like that a lot here in South Carolina. I hated it. It was miserable. We were without power. But in that time, all of our plans had been scratched. And we couldn't go out to this nice restaurant because no restaurants had power. No restaurants had food, really. Um, we couldn't even go to the store and, and get some type of good food to cook at the house. All we really had was just a little candle. There was no TV, um, no source of entertainment. All we really had was, was just each other. And in that moment, I think we truly understood what Valentine's was meant to be in the first place. It was not all this added stuff, but it was just a relationship between my wife and myself. And I believe that we were able to show what genuine and real love looked like without all the added all the added noise. Well, the same is going to be said about your relationship and my relationship through the summer. I hope you realize church is going to look a little different now. And we won't have all the frills. We won't have all the pop. We won't have all the noise. There's a lot of things that we can't do anymore because of the circumstance that we find ourselves in. Are we still going to love one another through that? Let your love be genuine. You see, we talked about this and we preached on this for a few months. We talked about being the family. I hope you realize, Creekside, that in the next couple of months, we're going to be tested in this to see if we really love one another, if we have a genuine love for each other. Or if it's all just built around program, if it's all just built around an awesome worship experience, all built around an awesome kids environment, is the love that you and I have for our brothers and sisters, is it enough to sustain us? Or do we need all those other things? He says, let your love be genuine. I'm going to skip down just a little bit. He says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Notice that the culture that we live in right now is very hostile. It is a hostile world that we live in. And the pressure is always seeming to, to turn up just a little bit more. And our culture, our culture and our country is always seeming to find itself in division. It's seeking to find itself in hostility and anger and outrage. Paul says that for the church, that they should outdo one another in honor, not in hostility. 
Think about those words for just a second and how it applies to our direct circumstances here as a church meeting in a pandemic. You see, I believe that it, it fits one way like this, that we have a lot of brothers and sisters who will not be able to gather with us for some time. We have a lot of brothers and sisters that physically speaking are perhaps vulnerable during this time. And what is our role to that? What is our role and responsibility as the church? How will we love these brothers and sisters? You see, whenever Paul says to outdo one another in showing honor, I believe that it's our goal to honor the decisions and honor the choices that those folks make. Let me put it simply, that if you are not able to gather with us, we honor that choice. We honor that decision for you making the decision that you feel like is necessary for your safety and for your health. And we love you and we want to continue loving you and we want to continue showing hospitality towards you and your family no matter where you may find yourself during this time. So we will honor the choices that you make and we'll love you through it. We want you to be connected. Notice that that though we are physically separated, we can still be spiritually connected. That physical separation and spiritual separation are not the same. That physical separation and emotional separation are not the same. And so for those of you unable to be with us physically, we still love you and we want you to be with us spiritually and with us emotionally. And so we will seek to outdo one another in showing honor, even for those who are not here in person. He goes on to say, immediately following that, he says, Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. All of those things are very applicable to where we are today. But then he goes on, he says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Seek to show hospitality. I believe right now that more than ever, the church has to be putting this word, this hospitality, putting it on display for other people in the church to see, for the world to see. We have to be doing this right now. And although there are many of us who may not have physical needs, all of us, I think, have found ourselves in the last three months with some deep emotional needs. We find ourselves needing somebody to talk to. We find needing ourselves somebody just to, just to conversate with or just to know that somebody else is out there, that we're not alone, that we're not isolated. We need to be right now showing hospitality towards one another. If you're running to the store, maybe you pick up the phone and you, you call somebody as you're going and say, hey, I'm headed out. I was just going to see if I could pick up anything for you. Calling our, our loved ones and calling our friends at church, calling our family members here at church and just simply checking in and saying, hey, I was just thinking about you and I was praying for you and I wanted to see how you're doing. You might be surprised how far that goes. You see, we all... Right now, we all find ourselves needing contact, needing connection, needing to be together. And I believe that as we continue to move into this and as we continue 
to, to find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic, I believe that our connection with each other, our hospitality towards one another is going to be more and more crucial as time goes on. So let's not forget that. Let's continue to show hospitality towards those, especially those in need. And so I believe that by doing those simple things, by letting our love be genuine, by contributing to the needs of those who, who are in need, by showing hospitality, by outdoing one another and showing honor, I believe that by doing those three things, I believe that as the church, we'll be loving each other well. That we will continue to be the family that God has called us to be, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of pandemic, even in the midst of, of not being able to physically hug one another, not being able to, to gather at 100%, I believe that we can continue to be the church no matter where we find ourselves. And so my hope and my prayer is that you would lean into those things. You see, as we talk about unity, as we talk about family, that word unity can be very elusive. Sometimes we talk about unity and we talk about being unified. Unity is a very hard word to define. Have you ever thought about it like that? Because unity, in order to have unity, you have to be unified around something. We can't just have unity in the sake of having unity. We have to be unified around something. We have to have a common ground. We have to have that common thread that brings us all together. What are we going to be unified around? What is that thread holding us all together, bringing us all together? That thread is the same today in a pandemic as it always has been, as it always will be. That thread is Jesus. And the fact that Jesus has a genuine love for us. And the fact that Jesus rejoices in hope. And that Jesus is patient in tribulation. That Jesus was there constantly on our behalf in prayer. That Jesus is always showing hospitality towards one another. Jesus is the thread that brings unity to his church. And so we will be unified around Jesus today and always and forever. But not just unified around Jesus, we will be unified around Jesus and taking his good news to every man, woman, and child in the city of Goose Creek. I hope you've remembered our vision to saturate the city of Goose Creek by giving every man, woman, and child consistent encounters with Jesus. We will be unified around Jesus, and we will be unified around this vision for every man, woman, and child having an opportunity to hear, see, and respond to the gospel. And so we will be unified around those two things. And you see, here's what's going to happen. That as we all fix our eyes on Jesus... And as we all work and move towards Jesus, as we all have our eyes set on him, and as we're moving together in Christ and moving together towards the vision of every man, woman, and child, what happens is that we as the family, we grow together. We grow closer together. We become unified. We become a family. Creekside, we are God's family. We're God's family on mission. We're God's family for every man, woman, and child. We're going to be tested. 
We're going to be tested next week, the 31st. We're going to be tested the month of June. We're going to be tested the month of July, August. And the question is, how will we continue to be the church, to be the family of God in a new normal? We will do this by having a genuine love for one another. We will do this by having a love that is consistent. That is consistent. A love that will not forget about the vulnerable. That we will continue to outdo one another in honor. And a love that is consistently showing hospitality towards those in our family. Are you ready for this challenge? Let's pray. Father, as we come to you this morning, God, we realize that we find ourselves in a new normal. It's different. Lord, everything about life seems to be different right now. God, we've gained some things that I hope we'll never lose. We've lost some things that we may never get back. But more than anything else, God, we find ourselves asking the question of what's most important now? What's, what's best right now? And I believe more than anything else, it's coming together and being unified. Being unified around you. And so God, I just ask you as our Father that you would, as brothers and sisters, that you would bring us together, bring the family together like never before. 